thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Thank you for joining us today for Jesus the Healer. We love the time we get to spend with you because we love that you honor the Word. You love the Word. We love the Word. And when you get thrilled with the Word, that's when it works for you. And so we're thrilled with the Word today. We're going to pick up where we've left off. We've been ministering on this subject and this flow of faith called Hold fast because that is a vital ingredient in the life of faith is learning how to hold fast. And you know, you, you learn that through practicing it. It's not an automatic thing. You have to do it on purpose. And we have to know what the word means by the word hold fast. Um, I would say this to you. We've all probably seen two toddlers fighting over one toy. (laughs) And one has it and the other one wants it. Which one ends up with it? The one that held fast. The one that would not let go. So holding fast means hold hard to something. Don't, no matter what the pull is, no matter what the push is, no matter what the opposition is, don't let go. And uh, when you don't let go, you always end up with what you held to. Amen. We've been looking at several verses, passages that we want you, we've in in previous episodes gone over these in detail. If you were not able to join us for those, go back and watch those because there's things that we've said in the last, uh, what, about six episodes or so now that we've been on this topic. And so go watch those. It'll help you get a broader understanding of some of the things we're bringing out. But today we're going to touch again on some of the, the, um, the basic verses that we're re- referring to with this. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, get your Bible and follow along with us and release your faith. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast. Let us. See, we have have a part to play. Let us hold fast to our profession. Or as another translation says, our confession. What confession? We're going to confess what the Word says. In the face of opposition, we're confessing what the Word says. And then we also have Hebrews 10 verse 23. And it reads, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. I've said this before, but it's so important to say it again because the devil is always trying to give you a, he's trying to always talk you out of something. Um, There are times I've done it. Probably most of those watching have done it is we, 
we're, we were holding fast for a season. Right. Yes. And then we quit holding fast. Yes. Uh-huh. Hebrews 10 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. What was that if we let go of it? We wavered. Right. So anything we've wavered on in the past, we can pick it back up. <laughs> it's not lost. I don't care if the devil says it's lost. Don't take counsel from the one who's already lost. You don't take counsel from your opponent and end up at the right place. Don't listen to what he says. If you had the authority to lay it down, you've got the authority to pick it back up. Pick it back up. I don't care if you laid it down 10 years ago. I don't care if you laid it down 20 years ago. I don't care if you laid it down last week. Pick it back up. I said pick it back up. Now, why are we holding fast the profession of our faith without wavering? The next verse tells us, or the next, the next phrase tells us, for God is faithful that promised. Even though we might have wavered, he hasn't. That's true. Even though we might have laid down some of our benefits, uh-huh. he hasn't laid down that it belongs to us still. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. Then we've been looking at Revelation chapter 2 and verse 25 that reads, But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. Yes. Well, if, if a miracle, an answer has manifested from God in your life, hold fast to that. But if it hasn't manifested, anything that belongs to you in Christ, you, you already have. Yes. Yes. You already have by birthright. He yes. made it yours. Yes. So that which you have, you already have healing whether your body shows it or not. Yes. Why? Because he made you the healer. Yes. You already have prosperity. Why? Because he took your place in poverty. Yes. He was made poor that you might be made rich. So that truth already belongs to you. That benefit in Christ already belongs to you. So whether or not it's manifest in your life, it already is yours to partake of. So that which you have already, you already have all the blessings of God. You already, they're, they're already, they're already in your name. Now, with, as we hold fast, we become a partaker in those coming to manifestation. But don't let go that that belongs to me in Christ. Hold fast to that. Even if it has or if, no matter how long it may seem to linger in manifesting. Uh, hold fast. To hold fast means that we're daily, daily releasing our faith. If we're not releasing our faith on an ongoing basis, we're not holding fast as we ought. Amen. I love what one precious woman of God in my, she had a fruitful prayer life and she would say this. She said, people quit too soon. People, they quit too soon. And we've got to learn how not to let go. Learn how not to let go. Everything we receive from God, the devil is busy trying to steal it from us. So before it's received, he's trying to talk us out of it. After it's received, he's trying to steal it from us. Don't let go of it. Amen. Don't let go. Turn with me if you would and let's look at Hebrew chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll start reading this. It reads, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners, he spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, 
by whom also he made the worlds. Yes. Amen. Now look at verse 3. And he's still talking about his son here. Right. Who being the brightness of his glory or God's glory and the son who is the express image of God. Meaning this, when you see Jesus, you see the Father. Yes. The way we have record of what Jesus did, that is a representation of the Father. Yes. Amen. And it says this, it says, upholding all things by the word of his power. Amen. So we see this, it tells us in verse 2, that through Jesus, uh, it says, by him, by whom also God made the world. Right. Yeah. Through him. Yes. Then notice the worlds that he made. Notice this, he upholds all things yes. by the word of his power. So that which he made, he didn't just walk off and leave it and say, hope you make it. He upholds it. Yes. What's that mean? He holds fast. He holds fast. He holds fast. It's a holding yeah. fast. Yes. He makes sure things stay as they ought to be yes. in creation, yes. the way he made it to be. Yes. Well, even so, we are, just as he watches over things, right to make sure they're upheld. We're to watch over yes. what we've received from God to make sure it's maintained. Right. Amen. 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 What was created, God still had to uphold even though it came out of Him. Amen. And even though you received something from Him, it still has to be upheld by what? By your confession of faith. Yes. That is called holding fast. Amen. Um, I want to take some time today and... Uh, talk about and remind you, some of you may have heard it, and I love going back and rehearsing some of the life stories. I tell, I tell things on me all the time. I don't know if you've noticed, but I tell things on me all the time. Um, but I also love telling some of the testimony of Kenneth Hagin's, um, his, his testimonies of some of his life. And you say, well, why do you tell his? Because he was our spiritual father. Yeah. And I heard it so much. Yeah. And that we got answers hearing his testimony. Yeah. So I tell his testimony because I still tell parts of his testimony because you hear answers for your life in the testimony. You know, really the Bible's a book of testimonies sure. too. Yeah. Testimonies of what God is doing, his, his, his movement with people. Amen. Amen. Um, but Dad Hagen, as a 15-year-old, he was born with an incurable heart condition. He was deformed throughout his entire chest cavity, meaning tubes and pipes ran to different places than they were supposed to. He was deformed. He would talk about when he, he asked the doctor as a 15-year-old, he said, how come when I take a drink of water, I don't feel it go to my stomach, I feel it spread throughout my chest cavity? He said, because you're deformed, there's tubes running to the wrong place. You're deformed throughout your entire chest cavity. So he was born with a heart condition. He was born with an, uh, deformities in his chest. But he also, they told him, had an incurable blood disease. Brother, Brother Hagen said at different times, he says, I believe that was a form of leukemia. So he had multiple things that were life-threatening. And he ended up on his deathbed as a 15-year-old, and God began to unfold to him the truths of healing. And he began to understand that they that healing could be received by faith. Yeah. And he released his faith. Yeah. It took 16 months, not for God to heal him, but for the light of the truth to dawn on him. Yeah. But when it dawned on him, that within 10 minutes of releasing his faith, he was up and out of that bed healed. No longer paralyzed. He had been par- paralyzed at times from the neck down. No longer paralyzed. 
heart condition healed, blood condition healed, yeah. chest cavity area healed. It didn't, it, see, it doesn't take long for the power of God. It takes long for us to think right so we don't limit the power of God. It can take long, it can take long for us to cooperate with God. Now, it doesn't have to take long, but sometimes to get past wrong thinking can take some time to get into right thinking. Why? Because God cannot move in wrong thinking. He can only move when we think right because that's what gives him permission to move. And so... Going past, because if you've never heard Dad Hagen's story, you need to find it. You can probably find it online somewhere. But I want to refer to what happened after he was healed on some occasions. He, um, he was in high school at the time he was raised up off of his deathbed. He, had, he was 16 and a half. He went on his deathbed on his 15th birthday, was raised up in, at his 16th year halfway through his 16th year. So he went back to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he lived a distance from school. And like everybody else, he had to walk to school back right. then. Mm-hmm. Well, he weighed, and he was over six feet tall. When he came up off his deathbed, he weighed 89 pounds. Oh. So yeah. people said he was a walking skeleton. You can yeah. imagine what he looked like, having been bed fast for that long. And your muscles lose all that, you know, all that strength. They're, the muscles are there, but they're underdeveloped now. They have lost development. So you're weak just because of that. So he, it took time for strength to come back to his muscles, yet the disease was dealt with. All that was, was gone. But he talked about how after a short time after being raised up from his deathbed, he'd go to school. And uh, he said within a short time, he was almost back to completely bedridden again. And he began considering, what am I doing differently than when I was raised up off my deathbed? I did the right thing that God's power could meet me and I was raised up on my deathbed. What am I doing differently now? And thank God for the help of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost began spotlighting things for him, helping him to recognize what he, where he had been missing it. And the Holy Ghost brought him back to what about when you are, conversations he was having. For example, he said because of weakness, you know, the muscle's weakness, and not only that, he, um, when you make one negative, listen, when your life hinges on your profession uh-huh. of faith yeah. and you start going to a negative profession, that which you gain can go down quickly. Yes. So uh, the Holy Ghost brought him back. Pay attention to past conversations you've been having. He would be out walking. People would say to him, do you want a ride to school? Oh, yeah, I'll take a ride to school. And they'd say, well, you look like you're about to fall over. And he'd say, well, I feel like it too. And they would say, well, you look like you can't put one foot in front of the other. And he'd say, yeah, I feel like it too. You see? And um, they would say to him, how do you feel? Does your heart give you any more trouble? And he would say, well, sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. Now, what's he doing? Um, Is what he's saying a fact that he's facing? Sure, he's feeling that. But hold fast your profession of faith. Don't hold Mm -hmm. fast 
to your professions of feeling. That's Don't talk feelings yes. because you don't get healed by feelings. Feelings don't hold your healing. Feelings don't hold your answer for, the, for your life. Your, your faith in God's word is the open door through which his power meets your need. Hold fast a profession of faith. Don't hold fast to a profession of what you feel like. Don't hold fast to a profession of what troubling thoughts are saying to your mind. Don't hold fast to the wrong thing. And to hold fast to a profession of faith, you've got to quit holding to a wrong profession. A wrong confession. Amen. Amen. So because when people would ask him, does your heart still give me any trouble? He'd say, well, sometimes it does. He thinks, no doubt, he's being honest. Mm -hmm. But be honest with your faith. Don't be honest toward your feelings. Amen. Amen. You don't need, your your feelings don't need to be given voice. But your faith does. So when he looked to the Lord, where am I missing it? This is what the Holy Ghost pointed back to him. He realized that he believed healing belonged to him while he was bedridden. While he's bedridden, while while he still felt paralysis in his body. He still, he believed he was healed. And because he held to that. Yes. The power of God met him and raised him up. So he realized that he had not been holding fast to saying the same thing he said when he was raised up off his deathbed. That's good. He realized that he was saying to people what he felt. So he had two opposing confessions. To God, he still believed he, to God, he would say, I still believe healing is mine. But to people, he was saying, yes, my heart's giving me trouble. Uh What is that? Two opposing confessions. And he had to learn this. He had to learn to have one confession. Only one. The word won't work through two opposing confessions. The word has to be the one and only confession. Amen. So he realized, I'm going to drop off that second bad confession, that confession of my feeling, and I'm going to pick back up the confession of faith. We've all done it at different times, slipped into saying something we shouldn't have said, something that was against faith, something that was against the word, something that was different than what God said belongs to us. And so once he dropped off that second confession of his feelings, then all the symptoms left him again and he became strong. Why? It just, that's just where he had missed it. Now see, he could have gone back to his, his deathbed if he had not corrected that. People say, well, God loves me. Yes, he loves you. (laughs) But Jesus is the high priest of our profession or our confession. He's not the high priest of his, of his love for us. Meaning this, even though he loves us, he can't do for us unless our confession invites him to do for us. He loves us, but we need 
We need a profession of faith, not just a profession of love. Remember what it says in Hebrews 10, 23, hold fast your profession of faith. You can't just say, well, God loves me. God loves me. Yes, he does love us, but we still have to profess our faith and confess our faith. What do we believe about the word from the God who loves us? Amen. Um, There was another time that because people don't realize this. He had to fight the good fight of faith after he was raised up off that deathbed more than once. What was he doing? He he was learning to hold fast. You have to learn it. And um, there were were other times that Dad Hagen would talk about that he um, would be sitting in class as a high schooler. And he said all of a sudden he'd go blind. Couldn't see the teacher couldn't see the, the blackboard in front of him because he had been blind uh, at times when he was bedridden before he was healed. So see, different symptoms that he had experienced in the past before he was healed would try to come back after he was healed. And so he said, now see, now he's learned to hold fast to one confession. Now he's learned it. So as he would sit in class and he would go blind, and then all of a sudden his eyes, his sight would come back. It'd come and go. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, then there were times because, you know, he's still gaining in strength. Mm-hmm. And he said, there were times I felt like I couldn't walk, walk up the short flight of stairs to get to different classrooms. Mm-hmm. He said, my heart would beat so hard. Mm-hmm. What is it? See, these symptoms are trying to talk him out of mm-hmm. what he's received, mm-hmm. but he's yeah. got to hold fast hold to his that. profession. So one day, um, the principal I thought it was kind of comical. He said his principal's name was called Mr. Smart. (laughs) Well, that's an appropriate name for a principal, school principal, right? And he said Mr. Smart called him into the office one day and said, Ken, he said, do you think that it's a good idea for you to be coming to class? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes, sir. Why do you say that? And he said, well, he said, to be honest, some of your teachers are afraid you're going to drop dead in the class. <laughs> you know, you can understand when people don't know what you know, when they don't hear what you've heard. They haven't been in your fight. They don't know what your fight is like. And he said, the principal said, he said, some of your teachers have called your doctor and the, to ask about your condition. You know, they're trying to be responsible on their end. You can understand in their understanding, they're they're being responsible. They're not trying to oppose him. But anyway, so his teachers would contact his doctor and say, can you tell me about his condition? The doctor would say to him, because see, the doctor, uh, it was a miracle. And the doctor would say, that boy's got the strongest willpower I've ever seen of anybody. And he said, I guarantee you, he'll be dead in 90 days. Mm -hmm. That's what the doctor said. So this is what the teachers heard. So you can understand they're concerned that on their watch, something's going to happen in their class with other students around. They think, you know, they're doing what they they think to be responsible toward this. And I so love this testimony that... The principal said, well, the teachers are afraid that you're going to fall dead in the class. And the doctor has said, I guarantee you, he'll be dead 
within 30 days. I mean, 90 days. And I love what Brother Hagen said. He said, Mr. Smart, he said, I'm not up by willpower. See, the doctor said he had the strongest willpower of everyone, anyone he'd ever seen. He said, Mr. Smart, I'm not up by willpower. I'm up by faith. I'm up by faith. Now, Mr. Smart was a Baptist who went to Brother Hagen's same Baptist church he went to. So he said, Mr. Smart, I'm not up by willpower. I'm up by faith. And I love this phrase. Oh, my, 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 I love this phrase. This next phrase, he said, and my faith will hold. My faith will hold. And he said, when he said that, he said tears started running down Mr. Smart's face. And Mr. Smart said, Ken, you come on to class. I wouldn't put a stone in your way to trip you up. And he said, from then on, he went every day and he never had another, another time that he had to deal with that. But see, what was it that Mr. Smart, and see, Mr. Smart said, said this in that conversation. He said, I authorize you though. If you feel like you need to go home, you get up and walk out of class. You don't have to ask for the, the teacher's permission. If you feel like you need a drink of water, you go get a drink of water. You don't have to ask for permission. And and Brother Hagen said this as a young 16-year-old boy. He said, if I went to get a drink of water, that's letting go of my profession of faith, and I won't. If I got up and left the class before everybody else, that's a wrong profession. And he says, I never went and got a drink of water. I never left the class. And he said, and my faith held. And he preached the message of faith into his 87th year. <laughs> Why? He learned how to hold fast. You got the faith of God in you. If you're born again, the faith of God is in you. Now feed that faith. Strengthen that faith. Fortify that faith, but spend that faith. Use that faith to hold fast. Don't let the devil talk you in. Well, you know, you're not this and you're not that. I, you have to learn something, a, a strategy of the devil is he tries to get you to deal with you so you won't deal with him. He tries to get you to fix things about you. Right. You, de- you, you deal with him. Yeah. <laughs> deal with yeah. his thoughts yeah. because he's always trying to get you, well, you're not this, you're right. not that, right. you failed here, you uh-huh. failed there. He's always trying to turn you in upon yourself so that you won't lay hold of what's yours and hold fast to what's yours. Quit dealing with you when you need to be dealing with him. Dealing with worry, dealing with fear, dealing with doubt. Deal with it, with the word. That's part of holding fast, refusing to be swayed off the word. Amen. Well, we're so glad you joined us today and it has been a blessing to just... uh, Take this time around the word and get it in us. You got faith and your faith will hold. I said your faith will hold. Put that in your mouth. Amen. When the devil says something, put that in your mouth in his face. Amen. And until next time, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org.
We need to understand that faith is measurable and the correct measure of faith is required for us to have success. Order your copy of Nancy Dufresne's book, Knowing Your Measure of Faith, at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.